It is wonderful to see so many of you this evening. So thank you for battling the slightly cold and drizzly and just very unpleasant weather to join us here at Bloomsbury Central Baptist Church. My name is Luke Dowding. I'm the executive director of One Body, One Faith. And it's also a great privilege to serve here at Bloomsbury as a deacon, which in Baptist language does not mean the same as Anglican language. And we can pick that up a little bit later on. There's not a whole lot of time for that nonsense right now. Uh, but needless to say that you are very, very welcome here. Um, and Bloomsbury is a church that strives to welcome all, acknowledging that sometimes we don't get it right, that we make mistakes, we use language that's clunky, that doesn't feel comfortable. But our hope and our intent, the trajectory that we're on, is to be inclusive and affirming to all of God's creation. So there's a little blurb, a little intro at the beginning of the order of service. We want you to feel welcome and safe here this evening. But if during the course of the evening you kind of feel a little uncomfortable and want to leave, that's absolutely fine. And it's also absolutely fine to come and talk to me at the end of the service as well. So know that you're welcome and loved, um, and I'm very much looking forward to celebrating with you this evening. Another disclaimer. Please, uh, if you are higher up the candle than perhaps I might be, being a good Baptist, um, please uh, dispel, disband, whatever you need to do, any kind of liturgical calendar that might mean that you can't sing certain hymns about being Christ with us now or the birth of Jesus or whatever it is. We're here, it's the magic of Christmas. We're going to navigate our way through some slightly complex theology in these hymns. Um, I'm mainly talking to Lee on the front row because I can already feel him rolling his eyes at me. Um, but we're here to celebrate and we're here to do so joyfully um, and with glad hearts because often the LGBTQ plus community doesn't find a safe space in church and particularly doesn't find a safe space at church at Christmas. So know that this space is safe for you. I'm going to start with a prayer, um, and then we're going to go straight into our first carol this evening, and I'll invite you to stand if you're able at that time. So let's pray. God of hope, who brought love into this world, be the love that dwells between us. God of hope, who brought peace into this world, be the peace that dwells between us. God of hope, who brought joy into this world, be the joy that dwells between us. God of hope, the rock we stand upon, be the center, the focus of our lives always, and particularly this Advent time. Amen. So please do stand if you're able as we sing our first hymn this evening, O Come All Ye Faithful.
Please do take a seat. I'm really grateful this evening that um, I don't have to do a whole lot of talking, and you'll all be really grateful for that as well. Um, so we have three really wonderful speakers that are going to share some short reflections that they've had um, around the theme of queer joy, and particularly at Advent time and leading up to Christmas, what that means. So I'm going to invite Lou to come and share some of their reflections first of all. So the first reading is from the Gospel of Luke, and it's the Magnificat. So I'll read that out first before I give my reflections. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that would be fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he has looked with favour on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. And Mary remained with her for about three months and then returned to her home. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. This first verse in the Magnificat, or Mary's song of praise, is one of the boldest declarations of faith in the Bible. A beautiful act of prayer at the beginning of Luke's nativity story reminds me of how Advent seems to sweep in like a sudden bitter wind, taking our breath away with its icy freshness, frenetic planning and last-minute shopping. It challenges us, compels us, and most of all reminds us to just stop and listen to the voice of a woman calling out in love when her world is about to change. These few verses in Luke chapter 1 show a young woman catapulted to fame through the unusual events that are happening to her and her body. Suddenly she is smuggling God inside her. But rather than being completely overwhelmed by the task of her ahead of her, although I'm sure there were plenty of moments, her affirmative yes to Gabriel and this declaration of a radical faith in the new world to come is both inspiring and deeply humbling. The yes of Mary in the Magnificat is essential to how we engage with this text in the light of queer joy. For so many queer people, saying yes to God can feel like the ultimate sacrifice. It makes life harder, discrimination closer, and fear of rejection a very present reality. I wonder how many queer people often feel joy when they encounter God's call on their lives, only to be told no by those who claim that God says yes to all. For too long, queer bodies have been controlled, vilified and abused by the binary truth that society has led us to believe. The persistent act of silencing queer bodies by those around us, and certainly in church contexts, is a pernicious reality that generates so much trauma in our communities. But in the, in the Magnificat, we have an example of a young woman, a teenager, a Palestinian, a Jew, living with a non-conforming body that is bringing God into the world. And the most beautiful part of this is, she does not hide away. She finds joy in God's call. She says yes. She consents. Mary is affirming her faith in God with a body that is changing, that is different, and for those around her, Joseph included, demands an explanation. 
When we encounter this in Luke, it feels like we're sitting with her, experiencing her body, her ability to bring life into the world with joy, with pleasure and with celebration, because her body is hers and she is protected by God. Mary's sexual experience really matters, and it's true we don't know what it is, but what we do know is that she feels no shame of the results, and with this sense of calling that she is beautifully and wonderfully made, she knows that there is still work to do. With a non-conforming body comes non-conformist responsibility. For he has looked with favour on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. For those of us who identify as part of the queer community, when we find spaces where we can be ourselves, where our spirituality is not questioned, where our bodies are affirmed, beautiful and nourishing things can happen. I like to imagine that this is the kind of space Mary and Elizabeth created for each other. Unconventional, countercultural, physical, a space where they, we, can be bold in God's love. And with this boldness, this safety, this support and assurance that God really is everywhere, Mary states a political message of hope, one that as queer people in the church we need to remember. He has scattered the proud. He has brought down the powerful, lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away. In a sense, these claims by Mary of what God, what Jesus is going to do, fills me with queer joy. They are saying no to a system that constrains us, no to the poverty and austerity that divides us. They are saying no to the powerful who try to silence us. They are saying yes to people like you and me. Mary is not only stating in her song of praise that she has a place, but that we have a place too. When God appears in the body of a young woman, it once again affirms that God is in us all. And we all carry God with us in the world in some way. It's an unequivocal moment of queer joy in the adventure of a God who lives and loves among their people. Always.
Please do be seated. And Tash is now going to come and lead us in prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this community that we create tonight with singing and togetherness. Reverend Anna Bladel said this week, gratitude without grief is dishonest and grief without gratitude is unbearable. As the queer community, I think this is something we live out every day. Gratitude without grief is dishonest and grief without gratitude is unbearable. We pray for the parts of us that get left behind when we enter church, for the parts of us that ache and feel lonely, for the parts of us that grieve, for that particular agony that is to be excluded from God's house. We pray that there are spaces like this one where we can be honest about our grief. We pray for transformation of hearts, of spaces, and of minds. Lord, there is such a power you have given us, and we can see it in this space tonight. Queerness is a gift. Queer joy is an undimmable light in our lives. Point it out to us in the Bible, in the birth of a Messiah in a stable, in the multicolored coat of a dreamer, in a promised name better than sons or daughters, in a rainbow covenant. We pray that our queer joy can be carried with us when we go from this space, that this season which feels so conflicted for so many can be full of reminders, that the unexpected host who assembled at Jesus' birth can feel akin to our chosen queer family. Thank you that we know how to have gratitude despite grief, that we understand what it means to hear that there is no room at the inn, to have traveled countless paths to meet Jesus, to love in a way that is too big and too deep and too wonderful for the world to understand sometimes. Thank you that you are a God who revels in the diversity of creation, who stands against religion that forgets to love, who delights in the carving of spaces for community where doors have been closed. Thank you for giving us so much to be grateful for that the grief can be bearable. God of love so big there is space for unthinkable grief but also uncontainable gratitude. Our queer joy is yours, tonight, tomorrow, and in every space where it feels like heaven is close enough to touch, in the thin space where grief and gratitude coexist, we choose you, just like you choose every one of us. Amen. A reading from the Gospel according to St. Luke. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a saviour, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favours. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. I absolutely love this part of the Christmas story. I, um, I usually start uh, uh, any kind of talk with uh, something funny. So I googled jokes about sheep. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Seriously. But this whole idea that you've got a bunch of Dudes just simply doing what they do every night, looking after sheep, joking, chatting, maybe playing pranks on one another in a field outside Bethlehem when boom, there's an angel. And having delivered the message from God, boom, 
there's a whole choir of angels singing and shining, lighting up the skies above the field. And the shepherds are terrified. Not surprising, it's quite an entrance. It's worthy of any contestant on RuPaul's Drag Race. But the message the angel brings is actually quite straightforward. It's good news of great joy for all people. But what is that joy? And how does it manifest itself? Well, if we look back at the story, I think there are three key ways that we see it. The first is light in darkness, in the darkness of the fields, in the darkness of the shepherds' lives. God brings light, light which dispels darkness. And to understand that, we could either go and stand in Piccadilly Circus, where it will feel like daylight, not nighttime, or we just have to light a candle in a dark room and see how any light dispels darkness. So where is that darkness in our lives? Where does that light of Christ need to shine? Well, for those of us who identify as queer, there is often darkness. Darkness which is forced upon us by others. Forced upon us by those who claim to be people of faith. But the good news is that the light of Christ is not controlled by them. It's not controlled by anybody. The light of Christ is wild and extravagant and bright and comforting and warm and it dispels darkness and nobody and nothing can take that away the light of joy is ours and we need to claim it and celebrate it as we are this evening the second part of the story that brings joy is that it is for all people and that's why it can't be taken away that's the second place of joy the angels tell the shepherds and tell us that the good news of great joy is for all people. For all people. Not just for Anglicans or Baptists or Methodists. Not for those who worship in a certain way or believe a certain thing or sign a certain statement of belief. Not even just for those who go to church. For all people. All people. Including those that we don't like. Including those that we don't agree with including those who have treated us badly. And that's the hard bit. But it is also ours, and nobody can take that from us. That joy is ours. Joy that comes from knowing we are made in the image of God, who loves us, and in the form of a small human baby, comes to be with us. Intimately, completely, joyfully. It's unexpected and it's quirky, and it's weird, it's queer, but it's ours, and we need to claim it, and we need to celebrate it. And lastly, it is for right now. The shepherds are told that it's now, and they head straight off to find it. But it wasn't just a historic event the joy of that would soon wear out the further away from it we get. The arrival of God in the form of Jesus Christ as a baby in a manger is a joyful incarnation. And it doesn't stop there. Jesus joyfully comes to us right now. And he does that incarnationally through you and through me, in you and in me. I experienced that incarnation in the smile and welcome I received when I walked through that door this evening. I experienced the incarnation as I sing and worship alongside all of you this evening. I experienced the incarnation as we chat over mulled wine after the service. The joy is right now. Don't put it off. Claim it and celebrate it. For far too long and in too many ways, people have tried to deny queer people joy, but they have failed. If you spend time with any group of LGBTQ plus people, you soon discover that. Amidst the heartache and abuse, amidst the prejudice and exclusion, here we still are. Here we still are singing and praying. Here we still are studying scripture and worshiping God. Here we still are enjoying each other's company 
and sharing the love of that baby in a manger with other people. And let's be honest, Christmas is camper than any pride parade. It belongs to us. So let's claim the joy of Christmas. Let's claim the joy of carols and mulled wine. Let's claim the joy of food and festivities. Let's claim the joy of time with loved ones or friends or whoever you choose to spend it with. Let's claim the good news of great joy, which is for us right now. There is a story that at a Presbyterian conference in the United States, people were given helium-filled balloons because they're a very straight-laced bunch. And they were told that during the conference, at some point in the worship, they were to release the balloon when they felt the joy of God in their hearts. At various points during the worship, balloons began to ascend. But at the end of the service, only a third of them had been released. So let your balloon go. Claim the Christmas joy, the queer joy, which is ours. Let the queer joy out. Please stand for our next carol, While Shepherds Watched. And sliding seamlessly into our next carol, We Three Kings.
Please do be seated. And I'm going to invite Bingo to come and give us our final reflection for this evening. <clears throat> the third reading is taken from Matthew chapter 2, starting at verse 7. Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me words so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Gold, because you'll sparkle. Incense, because you'll pray. Myrrh, because you'll suffer day after day. Three aunties, mystics from far-off sounding places like Bradford, Birmingham and Bath. Not kings, but queens. All bright colours, clicking tongues and sucking teeth, they know the world and its ending. They know the stars and their ascending. They know far more than that fool of a father and cow of a mother ever caught on. They know family when they see it. In a pudgy, not quite a girl, with delicate hands and a head in the clouds, and they bring gifts. Gold, because you'll sparkle. Incense, because you'll pray. Myrrh, because you'll suffer day after day. Three aunties, queens of all they survey. Unmarried teachers with eccentric dress sense. With wisdom enough to dispense it. With hope enough to follow a star. To the girl with a crush on her best friend and no words to speak it. And they bring gifts. Gold because you'll sparkle. Incense because you'll pray. Myrrh because you'll suffer day after day. Three aunties, all sequins and feathers, full of rhythms and rhymes of the past, singing songs of kings and queens and the places that made them, to the boy who dances like his life depended on it, eyes glued to the floor for fear of looking and living, and they bring gifts. Gold because you'll sparkle, incense because you'll pray, myrrh because you'll suffer, Day after day, three kings, strong in their swagger, beards as long as their life would allow. They're bros and they're joshing and joking now, but when an egg of a lad lands in their lap, they'll teach him respect. They'll teach him honour, keep that masculinity pure, and they bring gifts. Gold, because you'll sparkle. Incense, because you'll pray. Myrrh, because you'll suffer day after day. Gold, because Christ sparkled. Because every single queer person can claim the same parenthood. Because just like him, our reigns misunderstood. Kings, queens, and rulers, we walk this earth as unique children of God. Blessed and blessing despite the stable shit. All because of it. 
These crowns are given so that we might cast them away. So that getting on and getting our hands dirty might mean something more. So that selling our lives for the sake of our community might command a king's ransom. Incense because Christ prayed. Because coming out is holistic, spiritualistic. Because holding out our hands with everything I am has power to it. The way we love is like a prayer. With secret words and rituals that must be taught by tongue and by rote. Every single note, every heart is burning like a fire. Sending smoke up to the heavens. In it we are consumed and renewed. Myrrh because Christ suffered. Not just the cross but day after day. Day after day of being misunderstood. Of blank eyes judging him, weighing him and finding nothing. Assumptions tearing into the divinity of a grubby little bastard from the arse end of nowhere. Rules of gender and sex dividing us from the ones we're here to love. Violence enforcing systems made to destroy us. Every day a new pain. Every day we mourn. It is not easy. Every day. But we will rejoice every day. The joy of giving who we are, of receiving and perceiving the gift of others, of giving it back to them, all wrapped up and ready for Christmas, as aunties, as uncles, as nuncles. Always be the queers bearing gifts. Following stars beyond lands you are comfortable with. To those who need to be known. In the stable ship tumble down off the beaten track parts of town. Look them in the eyes and let them know they are known. That there are places where to be queer is to be home. That to you they are royalty. That they have power supernaturally. That there is balm for this hurt. That there is solidarity. That there is joy together. And that it means something. Give so much joy that you have to go home by another road. Receive so much joy but keep each other safe. Come home rejoicing with more gifts than you left with. Come home rejoicing because this joy, this gift is yours to receive and to share. Let's rejoice together one more time as we sing together our final carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing.
I'd invite you to stay standing for just a little bit longer. Uh, I just want to say thank you all for joining us this evening, and, but specific thanks to our wonderful speakers, to Lou, to Peter and to Bingo, and also to Tash for leading us in prayer. For John, who was belting out the organ up there as well, we're very grateful. Um, and he'll hate it, but my husband, Steve, who's beavering in the foyer at the moment, making mulled wine and doing things, he gets roped into things like this all the time, so soz. Um, and for Bloomsbury Central Baptist Church for hosting us this evening, as always, to Simon and Dawn, the ministers, for making everyone here so welcome. Um, thank you. I don't know if you have ever stood at the front of a church like this when something like this is happening. Um, and it's, first of all, quite hard not to laugh because uh, you catch people's eyes, people are giggling, laughing when things go a bit wrong, people are smirking at words and people getting the wrong note. But there's also a lot of other emotion. Um, you catch people with tears in their eyes, you catch people singing hymns and cl clicking for the first time that this is about them as well. So I sat here in the, the space of the sanctuary that's supposed to amplify sound so that everyone can hear, but I felt all that emotion being amplified at me. Um, so thank you, I think. Um, I'm gonna go dwell on that on a, on a very large glass of mulled wine now. Um, so do join us for refreshments. Afterwards, there's non-alcoholic mulled wine as well as the regular stuff outside and a bunch of mince pies, gluten-free and vegan, also available, um, as well as tea and coffee and some other stuff out there as well. So do join us. Um, and there will be a retiring offering. So if you're able to give in any way, um, there'll be the collection plates just out the front of the church. And we'll split that between the work of One Body, One Faith and uh, Bloomsbury Central Baptist Church for their generosity. So it's my privilege now to bless you um, I'm a Baptist, so it's a bit weird when I say I'm going to bless you. I like to think that we're all blessing one another in this moment. God who speaks, may we listen to you. God who listens, may we speak for the oppressed. God who burns bright as a flame, may we be lights in the darkness. Loving God, we stand as your people gathered here today, a community seeking you. Challenge us, nurture us, unite us. Holy Spirit, renew us. Lend us your strength, your passion, your joy. And may we go from this place knowing the blessing of Almighty God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Amen. Amen. Go forth and drink. LAUGHTER